Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you enjoyed your holiday season. And I wish I could say to you at the beginning of 2020, I am so optimistic about things that are happening in our world. I mean, it's pretty dark and discouraging out there, isn't it? There's more discouraging news than encouraging news, right? Tension in the world, tension in the Middle East, tension in Washington, D.C., tension in our communities, tension in our workplaces, tension in our families, tension in our marriages. There's tension everywhere. Happy New Year. Hey, right? And that's just the stuff we know about. That's just the tensions and the troubles that we can see. But when we process, like, okay, this is the present reality of all the troubles and tensions we know, where are things going to go in the days ahead? Where are things going to be in the next week or the next month or the next year? All the unknown things that trouble us, right? So there are things that are troubling that we know and things that are troubling that we don't know. So question for you today, what do you do when you are deeply troubled? Like when, when you're facing things and you're looking at situations and you feel troubled by what you see and what you're experiencing and what you're afraid of in the future, what do you do with those troubles? We all do something. We all navigate that somehow, some way. What's your way of navigating the troubles that are happening in the world, the troubles that are happening within your own heart? What do you do? And maybe some of you are going, the reason I'm a part of a church, the reason I came here today is because I'm deeply troubled and I'm looking for peace. And I want to know what to do with these troubles. So I came to church and, and I'm glad you're here. And here's the good news. If today, right now, you don't feel troubled about anything, I'm happy for you. But that'll last about 30 seconds. Because there's going to be something that happens this afternoon or later tomorrow that's going to deeply troubling you. And what you do, how to navigate that experience, what to do in those situations is really important for us as humans. Jesus says something bold. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled, right? Interesting statement that Jesus makes, pretty bold, kind of hyper over-religious a little bit. Like, really, Jesus? Like, are my troubles like a switch that I can turn on and off? Is this just like, okay, you're troubled about what's happening in your family, you're troubled what's happening in your marriage, you're troubled with what's happening in Washington, D.C., stop being troubled and you're good. Like, this is the worst self-help advice I've ever gotten. What does Jesus mean when he says, do not let your hearts be troubled? What's the context? What does he mean by that? Because my troubles don't just go away when I stop thinking about them. They still press on me. What do I do? So let's check out the context in which Jesus says this. It's in John chapter 14, John 14, verses 1 through 4. And I really love when you follow along in your Bibles with us as we kind of work through this. So you can download a copy of the Bible on any app store. You can download our Faith Church app, follow along in our app. You can also, in the app, which is kind of cool, you can take notes and be ready for your small group this week. So electronic copy of the Bible or paper copy. Like you can go over to Walmart, get a paper copy of the NIV. Probably could order one from Amazon and have it by like 3 o'clock this afternoon. A drone will drop it off, right? So just 
encourage you to bring your Bibles, to engage with us as we teach, because I think it helps you to have God's Word electronically or paper in front of you as we kind of work through these truths. Now, John 14, these words that we're going to look at today are often used at funerals. Good news, this is not a funeral, right? But we need hope, and we don't need to wait for a funeral to have hope with our present troubles. So let's check out the context of discover what the peace that Jesus is talking about for troubled hearts. How do we avail ourselves to it? John 14, verse 1. Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so... Would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Jesus makes these statements to his disciples, surrounded by 12 of them, He spent the last three and a half years with them. He's invited them to follow him, invited them to believe in him, invited them to trust in him, and they begin to believe, and they begin to follow, and they begin to trust, and they're seeing that this guy is not just some Jewish carpenter, but he is the Son of God, sent to establish a kingdom, to establish a kingdom of light and peace and justice in a world that's full of darkness and hate chaos and injustice. Jesus spends three and a half years demonstrating to these men what the kingdom of God looks like. And John 1 through 12 kind of describes all of that to us. But starting now in John 13 and moving forward, these are the last words of Jesus before he's crucified. And Jesus gives them these thoughts. He says in John chapter 13, verse 33, he says, my children, he's talking to the same group of people, I'll be with you only a little longer. And where I'm going, you cannot come. So he's been with them for three and a half years. Now he's leaving and he says, hey, I'm going somewhere and you guys can't come. Peter's like most of us. He speaks up and goes, Jesus, I want to go with you. I can go with you. I'm coming with you, Jesus. And Jesus is like, hey, Pete, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. And listen, bub, you're going to deny me three times in the next couple hours. But you can feel the tension that's rising in this room among these disciples. They've spent all this time with Jesus. They followed him. They believed him. They begin to trust him. They're seeing this life of peace and love that's emanating from Jesus. And now Jesus is going away. They don't know where he's going. They're not allowed to come with him. And they're just confused. They're troubled. Their minds are racing. And a couple of their friends, one's going to betray him and one's going to deny him. This is all stirring up all kinds of feelings of anxiety and fear about the future. And Jesus knows his disciples. He's looking at them and he sees the trouble that's stirring inside them. And he says with great kindness and gentleness in this context, do not let your hearts be troubled. He goes on to say, you believe in God. Believe also in me. This is not self-help. This is factual truths for disciples, people that have put their faith in Jesus Christ when their minds are racing 
and they're not sure what's going to happen next for the present and the future. Jesus says, if you're troubled, here's what you should do. Believe in God. Believe in me. Interesting. He's talking to a group of disciples who would all say, yeah, I believe in God. How many people around us would say, yeah, I believe in God. Believe in someone you can't see. You believe in God. You can't see him. Now I'm asking you, disciples, you've been walking with me and you've seen me, you've heard me, you've experienced me. Now you're not going to see me. Will you still believe in me? Will you still trust me? Will you still follow me? He's saying to them, guys, take a deep breath for a moment. I know what I'm saying is confusing. It's a lot to take in. Your minds are racing. Take a deep breath for a moment. Whatever truths you've known from me in the present as I've walked with you, those truths will continue into the future. Whatever you've experienced with me in the present, these things will take place also in the future. Verse 2, he says, my father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? Okay, guys, I'm leaving. I'm going to do some preparing. Jesus is preparing a way for people, for these disciples and for us to have a forever relationship with God. So Jesus isn't going on a cruise in the Bahamas. He's not like leaving his disciples and going, hey, you guys stay here. I'm going someplace. I'm going on a cruise with the big muckety-mucks. You, you stay over here. I'm going. No, he's going to do work. Jesus has got some serious work to do. What work is Jesus going to do to prepare a way for people to have a relationship with God? I mean, within hours, he's going to be arrested. Within hours, he's going to be tortured. Within hours, he's going to be nailed to a cross. This is the work of Jesus. Within hours, he's going to be placed in a grave dead. Within days, he's going to rise again from the dead. Within days, he's going to ascend back to God the Father. Within days, he's going to send his Holy Spirit to live inside them so that he might be with them always. Within days, he's going to sit down on the right hand of God the Father to live forever, to intercede for his sons and daughters. Jesus has got some work to do. And all of this is to prepare a way for those disciples and for us today to have access to God the Father. That God has this house. It's this imagery of God having a place for you and for me to sit and to be with and to fellowship and connect with the God of the universe forever. Jesus has to prepare the way. He loves these guys so much that he says to you, guys, I got to go. Where I'm going, you can't come. I'm doing it because I love you, to make a way for you to live with God now and forevermore. He says in verse 3, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. I've got work to do, but one day that work is going to be finished. And one day, Jesus will return to take his family home. And one day, Jesus will make everything right in this world, that we might live in his kingdom, a kingdom of love and not hate, a kingdom of peace, not chaos, a kingdom of justice, not injustice, towards all people. Jesus knows the words that he's saying to his disciples then, and he knows that the words he teaches to us today can be confusing, can be difficult to hear, 
hard to understand. He says, I've got work to do, but I'm going to return. I'm going to make all things right and new. Believe in me. And verse 4 is this last statement he gives, which I also think is an encouragement to his disciples. He says to them, you know the way to the place where I am going. Wait, 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 Jesus. You just told us you were going away. You just told us we can't come with you. You just told us you don't, we're not telling you where you're going, but now you're saying we know the way to get there? What do you mean? And just a couple verses later, Jesus will make these incredible statements. And he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one gets to God the Father except through me. So he's saying to his disciples, hey, yeah, I'm going away and you can't come, but you know the way. Literally, you know the way. I am the way. The way you connect with God forever is through a relationship with me. You've seen me work, guys, for the last three and a half years. You've walked with me, talked with me. We've had dinner together. You've seen incredible things. Now I'm asking you to trust me. I'm preparing a way for you. I'm giving you access to God forever. You know me. This all might be confusing, but I am the way. Believe me. Sermon series that we're in right now is called Kingdom Life, and kingdom is an interesting word. It's a word that's so archaic, right? It's so old school. Like, we're too sophisticated for kingdoms here, right? Even this week, seeing princesses and princes saying, we ain't doing kingdom anymore, like, right? We're too sophisticated for kingdom. We live in a democracy. We are democratic. And yet, how much is our democracy providing you all the peace you long for today? I mean, I love America, and the democracy that we have is incredible. But is the democracy we experience in the here and now providing you with all the peace you long for? Jesus invites you to be a part of a kingdom. We hear the word kingdom, and we think of fairy tales and children. We go, oh, that's childish, that kingdom stuff. And yet, how many of us wish we could go back to the simplicity of childhood because our lives are chaos and our adult problems are torturing us? We wish it was so much simpler. And Jesus is saying, I'm inviting you into a kingdom, out of darkness into light, out of hatred into love, out of chaos into peace. Jesus has come to establish this kingdom on earth and to give this world his love and peace the love and peace of God the Father comes through God the Son we're invited into this kingdom life to experience this love and peace by faith in Jesus and if you know Jesus then the love of God the Father through Christ the Son begins to live in you and if you know Jesus then the peace of God the Father comes through Christ the Son and it begins to live in you. And people begin to experience the love and the peace of God as they experience and live side by side with you. So did you take Pastor Brad's homework assignment last week to love some people? Do you love people, the people in your family, in your workplace, in your neighborhood? Do they know that you love them? Do you say it? Do you live it? Do you show it? 
Because if the love of God the Father through Christ the Son lives in you, how can you not love people around you? But if you don't love people around you and you're a racist, a gossip, a slander, someone who's causing division and tension and problems in our world, then how does the love of God live in you? And what about the peace of Christ? Oh, I'm troubled by things inside here and things inside here. I am troubled by what I see in our world. But does the Prince of Peace live inside me? Because if he does, does it make any difference? Does it begin to change my troubled spirit and allow me to become an agent of peace? Jesus says to his disciples then, he says to his disciples now, yes, you're troubled, you're afraid, you're fearful. Your mind is full of doubts. You don't have Jesus physically present. But don't let those troubles drive you. Don't let those troubles own you. Christ is in you. Therefore, you have peace. I love what Jesus doesn't say in John 14. I love that he doesn't say, hey, you guys are troubled? You're stupid. I love that he doesn't say, hey, you guys are troubled? You have no faith. He doesn't say, hey, you guys are troubled? You better work harder. That's not what he says at all. No, Jesus doesn't chastise us for being troubled. Why? Well, part of the reason is because he was troubled too. So if you turn back in your Bibles to John chapter 12, verse 27, Jesus was troubled because he knew his next assignment was going to have to be tortured and killed. That troubled Jesus. I mean, Jesus is fully God, but he's fully man. And knowing that in hours he's going to go to the cross, that troubled him deeply. In John 13, 21, just some verses before, he's troubled because he knows Judas is going to betray him. And so Jesus looks at these disciples and sees they're deeply troubled, and he's not mad at them. He doesn't chastise them. He understands in his humanity what it means to look at the world, to look at relationships, to look at assignments we have to look at betrayal, to look at pain, to look at suffering, he understands that's troubling to our hearts. And instead of chastising us, Jesus encourages us that we have every reason to be troubled. But as followers of Jesus, we have every reason not to be owned by our troubles. Yes, bad things are happening. Yes, there's suffering and temptation and addiction and struggles. But Jesus is saying you have a choice to actively choose to stay troubled, to live in trouble, to sleep with trouble and tension, or to choose to seek peace. And here's how peace comes. Peace comes when I move from troubled by my circumstances to trust in Jesus. It's a deliberate, conscious choice that I make as a follower of Jesus, if he lives in me, the Prince of Peace, I have a choice to sleep in my troubles, to wallow in it, to embrace it, to let it own me, or I have a choice to move from troubled to trust. You see, if a follower of Christ, you say, I believe you, Jesus, because I know you, Jesus. But today, you might say, well, I don't know Jesus. Okay, if you're here today and you're troubled and you don't know Jesus, man, I'd love to introduce him to you. 
love the opportunity. Our staff would come alongside you on a journey to understand who Jesus is. And read the book of John. Read the words of God. And you'll see who Jesus is. And if you get to know him, you can believe in him and begin to trust him. And it will change everything. But if you're a follower of Jesus today, do you know him? If you know him, has he been faithful to you? I mean, what are ways he's been faithful to you in the past? Has he been? If he's been faithful to you in the past, guess what? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he's been faithful to you in the past, you can be, pre- you can be confident he's going to be faithful to you today, and he will be faithful to you tomorrow. And so that helps you to transition from trouble to trust. He promises never to leave you or forsake you. Is he going to go back on his promise? Does Jesus ever write a check that he can't cash, that you can't count on? No, Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you, and he comes through on his promise always. He says, I've prepared a place for you, and I'm going to come back and take you to be with me. Like, how awesome is that? There's going to be a day that I get to walk with Jesus face to face, and that's going to happen. He's going to return and bring me home, and I'm going to live with him forever. And that gets me sort of excited. Like, I get excited because I don't really want to fight anymore, and I don't want tension and trouble and depression and anxiety and fear and unemployment and suicidal thoughts and political tension. I want that stuff to be over, don't you? There's going to come a day when that's going to be over. He's going to return and make everything right. I may be troubled right now by my circumstances, but I don't have to stay troubled. And as someone personally who struggles with high levels of anxiety, Joe Hensler struggles with high levels of anxiety, here's what works when I'm troubled. When I'm deeply troubled, what do I do? I'm called to believe in Jesus, to follow Jesus, to trust Jesus. What does that look like practically? It looks like practically not listening to my feelings, but listening to the facts of the Bible about who Jesus is and what he has come to do in me. So I I open up my Bible when I'm anxious, and I read truths of what God says about me, and I memorize those truths so that when I'm troubled, I quote those truths, and those truths help to refocus my mind on Jesus. I choose to listen to Christ-centered content. I mean, I could turn on podcasts and music and news that's full of trouble and tension and drama and issues, and when I listen and consume that kind of content, guess what happens? I feel stirred up and troubled and discontent and discouraged. When I feel that way, what do I do? I turn on content that's Christ-centered, music and truths that can wash over my soul and remind me of what's most important, not Fox News and CNN on 24-7 forever, because guess what that's going to do? Stir you up. Do not be afraid, Jesus says. So choose to listen to what is true. And I talk to God out loud. I mean, if you heard me, sometimes you'd be like, that whack job is talking to himself. I'm I'm literally talking to God out loud and saying the name of Jesus out loud, sometimes a hundred times in an hour. 
God, help me. Jesus, rescue me. Please give me peace. You promised you would give me peace if I ask you. Would you help me? Sometimes a hundred times in an hour I have to ask God and cast my cares on Him, and He comes and breathes peace. Sometimes I can do it once a day, and He gives me a dose of peace for the entire day. Sometimes I don't talk to Him for a day or a week or a month, and guess what happens? I feel troubled. I feel discouraged. I feel tense. I feel afraid because I haven't walked with the Prince of Peace on a daily basis, and I haven't traded my troubles for trust. He wants to walk with us, which means talk, listen, connect, interact. Sometimes when I'm deeply troubled, I gotta ask my friends for help and say, would you pray for me? Because I don't think I'm gonna make it through this next day. And some of you I know have done this. I know some of you are deeply troubled and you have tried to walk with Jesus, you've prayed, you've believed, you've memorized, but you're still deeply troubled and you wonder, man, maybe I don't believe, maybe I'm not good enough, maybe if I just memorized more, maybe if I just prayed more, maybe I just believed more, then my problems would go away. Can I tell you that if you've been walking with Jesus and struggling and fighting and you're continued to be troubled, maybe you need to go to the doctor. Maybe you need to talk to a pastor or a counselor or a friend and say, I am so deeply troubled. I've tried everything I can, but I am so beaten down, so troubled, so discouraged. Maybe you need to open up to someone and ask for help and a medical doctor to give you some medicine to help you because Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled Walk with me, talk with me, but maybe you need some outside help. And Jesus provides his peace as we walk with him, but he often provides his peace through medicine and counselors and friends and doctors and AA meetings and celebrate recovery and small groups. He uses all kinds of things to bring his peace to you when you need it most. His peace comes through Jesus but it comes in a variety of practical paths. Here's what I know. Most of us want to live a life of peace, but we struggle. Oftentimes, peace seems to elude us. If you're struggling to seek peace today, you know where it's not going to come from? It's not going to come from politics. You know where peace is not going to come from? It's not going to come from your best friend because he or she's going to disappoint you again. It's not going to come from within yourself. It's not going to come from self-help things. It's not going to come from a better diet. It's not going to come from a new job or a new toy or a new high. Peace doesn't come in those ways. Jesus is the source of peace that transcends all trouble. He's the only one that will not let you down. He's the only one that will stay with you forever through thick and thin, till death do you part, and you will be face to face with him forever. He's the only one. John 14, 27, Jesus says to his disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. You know what he's saying? I have peace for you that nobody else can give you. I have peace no one else can give you, so talk to me, walk with me, fix your eyes on me, drop your cares in my lap, and you will discover peace that passes all understanding. But if you do the same old things, self-help, trust yourself, trust society, 
If you do all this stuff, guess what? It's going to elude you again. Jesus is the peace you're longing for. Trust him. Follow him. Seek him. Fix your eyes on him. Listen to him. Praise him. Obey him. And you watch as peace begins to come. Would you pray with me? God, we wake up today again to news of earthquakes, trouble in Puerto Rico, people that are having their worlds turned upside down by natural disasters. We wake up to news each and every day of trouble globally, trouble in Washington. And we look in the mirror and we see trouble and tension. Look around our family, around our neighborhood and our workplace, trouble and tension. We desperately need peace, and you are the one who has it. You have so much peace we can't even imagine. We find ourselves trying to manufacture peace through New Year's resolutions, new relationships, new highs. Try to manufacture peace with hopes and dreams. None of this works. You are peace. So it sounds so simple and maybe almost cheesy. Oh God, would you be our peace? Would you push out our fears? Would you allow us to put our hand in yours and walk with you, to hear your voice through your words and obey it? That we would feel peace and experience peace And when we don't feel it and we don't experience it, may we keep trusting you, knowing that you are working, you are preparing, you are making a way for us to live in peace forevermore. In your Father's house are many rooms, and you've created a space for everyone who trusts you by faith. May we experience the fellowship of God the Father through Christ the Son, by the Spirit, right now, here today. And may we give that peace to other people. As a demonstration that we've experienced peace, may we be agents of peace in the world around us to the end that people would know that King Jesus is real and your kingdom life is the only life worth living. Thank you for being present with us today. Through Christ our Lord, amen.